You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Hey, welcome everybody. It's the slap that was heard around the world. Welcome to It Came From Gen X. I am your host, Keith Porter, along with your other host, Brian Fisher, and your other host, Mike Skinner. We're also known as Porterhouse, Fishbone, and Skinbone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the show about life through the eyes of Gen Xers, and we hope you uh, enjoy this next hour with us. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about. We cover a wide range of uh, music news, sports news, world news, pop culture, and uh, we're very excited about today's show because it's been an extraordinary uh, past few days, uh, good and bad. So we are not going to waste any time. So much to talk about. We're going to let Fish tell you where we can find the show, and then we'll get this thing cooking. Normally, we do little introductions about our weekend, but we'll skip that for today. Fish, where can we find the show? All right. You might be listening to us on WMBU.org, Global Internet Radio, Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Pull up their site, live, play live now, and find us there, along with their other fine content they offer. Free of charge. You can listen to us whenever you want to on demand. We're on many podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can also stream the show right on our Facebook page at It Came From Gen X. Subscribe wherever you listen. And as we publish new episodes, they'll pop in your feed for you on your podcast platform and listen to us for free. All show information, links to our YouTube channel, It Came From Gen X, Facebook Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. Two main places. Linktree, it came from Gen X. Just search Linktree, it came from Gen X. That is our Linktree page. It's simply a page with links. Very simple. And our website. If you go to one main area, go to our website. It came from Gen X, one word, dot WordPress, also one word, dot com. And all information is there for you, links to current episodes on Spotify, links to our videos, promos, and our Patreon account. If you wish to throw us a couple of bucks, uh, you may do so there on our Patreon page. And uh, that's it. If you like if you like our stuff, we appreciate your support. Give us a, a like, a subscribe, a share, um, and we appreciate your support out there you know what just keep our name in your mouth there's certain things people don't like to have in their mouth which we'll talk about here but you may keep our show name it came from gen x in your mouth as much as you want to with no risk to you personally there you have it guys said you can also find us at www.ohiorestrainingorders.com so that's right Those couple of bucks on a patreon account will go well for keith and getting some tinted windows in his car i'm gonna need it i'm <laughs> obviously gonna need it mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> okay well skitter says you mr funny man why don't you take <laughs> it away ah uh, man oh man we've got tons of things in the news today but i tell you what this weekend, pop culture said, hold my beer, because we're going to take the headlines for the next couple weeks. You know, we've talked in exhaustion about uh, the uh, COVID and the pandemic over the last couple of years. Most recently, the Ukraine-Russian, we're going to call it a war, because that's what it is. Uh, unfortunately, somebody, I don't know him personally, but he's pretty pretty big name out there. His name is Maxim Kegel. He's a kickboxing champion. Um, unfortunately, he lost his life today defending his country of Ukraine, um, trying to protect the city of Mirapol. Um, you know, my heart goes out to all these people that have been displaced, all these soldiers, men and women that are protecting themselves. The you know that that picture of that mayor standing on a roof with a fifty-seven caliber gun. Still rings in my head. What looking at that picture, just aching for these people. You know, they're finally coming around. The Putin is getting nailed for and getting called for uh, for war war crimes. And I hope it's just not a, a just not a bunch of BS that they're throwing out there in the media. I hope, in fact, that they really do try him and get this thing for war crimes. Because some of the devastation that we're seeing is just unbelievable. But uh, 
You know, our hearts go out to Maxim Kegel. I, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But to his family, you know, to his friends and family, certainly our prayers are for for them. Um, did you guys hear about that, or do you have any other thing, anything else about the no conflict going on? That. I know we've talked a lot about it, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, show praise and uh, you know respect to Mister uh, Kegel. Yeah, it's just such a tragedy anyway, all the way around. So many people being displaced and losing their lives and everything. It's just to to picture that happening in your home country where people just come in. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. So yeah, we obviously hope that that is resolved very soon without further death and destruction. Those poor people. You, you know what irritates me the most? And don't get me wrong, I feel for the people of Ukraine, my family, we pray for the people of Ukraine. But this has been going on in Africa for years, total genocide. Yeah. People being displaced, children kidnapped, put into, uh, uh, kidnapped by warlords, turned into murderous soldiers. But they don't publicize that on the news. That's the part that ticks me the, off the most about all of this. So pray for Africa too. Amen. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you, Skinner. Uh, no, no, no sports to talk about today. Um, we're going to uh, a little bit of music news. Um, usually Fisher has a, a unfortunate passing to report, um, and it falls under my purview today. Uh, particularly this young man is a drummer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, a professional drummer by trade. But Taylor Hawkins... 25 years. It's hard to believe. 25 years with the Foo Fighters. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe that? Passed away suddenly. Um, it was on, uh, I want to get the exact date here. Friday. Uh, yeah, okay. It was, uh, yeah, Friday. And there was not much report now. Um, it's been reported it is a parent overdose on drugs. Uh, which is truly sad. And uh, this guy was an incredible, I don't want to say incredible drummer. He was an incredible musician. I had no, I, I knew he could play the heck out of the drums, but I had no idea he was an amazing singer. I, if you guys want to be blown away, go on YouTube and pull him up singing my favorite Queen song, Somebody to Love. Hmm. Dave Grohl gets on drums, that. gets yeah. him off the drums. It's just unbelievable. And, um, just really sad uh to hear that and uh man dave Grohl. i mean this guy was a drummer who lost his front man then he becomes a front man and loses his drummer so sheesh um you know pray for him too so that's all there is on that guy did you know he originally got his start with alanis morissette yes he was alanis morissette's drummer Mm -hmm. he was a drummer for alanis morissette i didn't know that until today foo fighter fans fisher you know I don't listen to their stuff enough. When I hear it, though, I like it. They're very talented uh, musicians and everything, so I need to become more familiar with them. But same here, you know, yeah, definitely, de- definitely talented. And we recently went out to uh, Dean, Nick, and I saw their movie, that Studio Six Six Six, which was a very fun movie. And mm. yeah, you know, watching those guys interact, you could tell they really. I don't know. They were they were having yeah. a lot of fun making that I, movie. I used to basically. couldn't stand the band. I really couldn't. And um, the every time I catch myself singing, man, that's a catchy song. Who's that? Foo Fighters. Foo yeah. Fighters. Like wow. So I've grown to respect them, and probably need to listen yeah. to them more as well. Skinner, fan of Foo Fighters. Absolutely. Yeah, I've gotten. I got to know them when they first came out. Um, you know, funny thing is, I had no idea Dave Grohl was uh, Nirvana's uh, drummer. I had watched a, um, a live uh, concert out, I think they were in London, and Dave Grohl got behind the drum kit, and, I, and I'm like, wait a minute, he plays the drums? And then I did more research and realized he was the drummer for Nirvana uh, initially. Okay. All right. But, um, uh, but yeah, with Taylor Hawkins, though, his, his smile was infectious. Yeah, on he had the a videos, great smile. he was very. Every, it was amazing how many musicians mentioned his smile. Yeah, if you watch his videos, I, I, I wish I remembered which video particularly. Um, Grohl sitting on a bench, and Taylor comes sit walking by and sits down next to him. One of them's got a guitar case. The other one's, I think, Taylor had his drumsticks, 
and they were in a park in this public place, and he just was smiling from ear to ear. And it's just an infectious smile, and it's just so sad to hear that he's gone. You know, they found some some uh, you know substances in his body that uh, that hasn't become. I don't think uh, it's become public, but I don't know if it's been documented as fact yet or not. But uh, you know, left behind three kids and a wife. It's just such a sad thing. But yeah, sure. huge Foo okay. Fighters fan. Uh, enjoyed their music. All right, thank you. Okay, guys, uh, this day in music, um, just a couple of quick things. Um, and Fisher, you can kind of segue off of this and, and tell your half of what you got from this because you just told us something in the pre-show um, about Genesis. So yeah. I'm going to start off. This day in music, Genesis actually started their first North American tour. Wow. Yeah. Uh, since Peter Greenberg left the band, it was with Phil Collins taking over as lead singer their very first time. So with that being said, Fish? Yeah, so on the other end of that, Genesis just performed their last uh, concert over in England. Uh, I think it was over the weekend here. So, um, you know, the the three remaining, you know, the main guys, you know, got together and did a, a small tour. Uh, Phil Collins, poor man, is suffering with various uh, health uh, conditions. He Another wasn't able great to... drummer. Yes, indeed. So, and his son played drums on the tour, so that's pretty cool oh, okay. that nice. his son was able to do that. Pick up, pick up the sticks, I guess, where his dad left off, if you will. Uh, and Phil has to sit the entire show. He has bad back issues and this and that. But he got out there. Uh, the last song can be found out there in YouTube on YouTube. Excuse me. So just. Uh, I wonder you know, if they designed it to kind of end at the same time. I, there must, I don't know. I don't know. That's there amazing. must be something there. And, and, I, I know we all grew up watching the 80s videos, whether yes. it was Genesis, <laughs> whether it was Phil Collins by himself, or even Peter Gabriel by himself. Sure. Um, I never would thought I'd ever listen to anybody like Peter Gabriel, but the So album is one of the most brilliant albums I've ever heard in my life i used to play it over and over again uh me and coach cooper would sit there and listen to that album um uh, and, and and ironically enough um this day in music <coughs> kate bush in 2014 uh did her first live shows in 35 years and it sold out less than 15 minutes and i had never heard kate bush and i listened to the uh peter gabriel solo album unbelievable voice so Okay, so also, guys, this day in music. Oh, and 1981, an amazing band by the name of Blondie, and I think everybody thought the lead singer's name was Blondie, since she was blonde, but that was the band's name, started a two-week run at number one with the song Rapture on the U.S. charts. Uh, Blondie went on to have just tons of great hits, great band. Uh, one of my favorite bands to play uh, with, with other bands. Um, the song got credited a lot with being the first rap, um, which has been total misinformation for years. Um, it wasn't the first rap. Um, but she, took, she got a lot of credit for that. Um, certainly it was a big hit. And no one had ever heard that kind of speech pattern that they could remember. But actually, if you want to hear the first rap, it was done in 1940 uh, by the group called the Jubilaires, a song called NOLA. And that's when the actual first rap was was ever done. Uh, somebody did something like that. So, um, guys, Blondie fans, Skinner? Yeah, I listened to him in, in our time. I was 10, 11, 12 years old. So, yeah, the music was starting to become a big thing with me. Mm. Blondie was definitely uh, one of those I like to listen to on radio. Cool, fish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the videos on MTV. Uh, you know, Deborah Harry and uh, Pat Benatar. Those two ladies really yes. say, mm. set the tone for the '80s they women sure rockers for sure. So yeah, yes. definitely, uh, definitely iconic. A lot of good stuff. Okay. A lot of good stuff. Hey guys, there's three birthdays I want to point out today, and it's Ladies' Day. Because three women who I have tons of respect for. One, I never thought I'd say I have respect for her. Uh, the first one is Reba McIntyre, uh, born this day in 1954. I, 
you know, country artists, TV artists, movies. She's just an amazing woman. She comes off as a class act. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday to Reba McIntyre. The other one is someone else I have respect for, Cheryl James, also known as Salt from the group Salt and Pepper. Okay. One of the original rap groups. I love watching their movie. If you haven't seen that, check it out. Tells their story. Um, Salt and Pepper just lasted throughout the, the, the decades. They're still popular. Uh, Push It, one of the, the most popular uh, club songs in history. So We're happy on tour with uh, the kids on the block this year. Yeah, yes, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> what, uh, the mixtape tour. That's yeah, right. Miss Marcy right. saw that mixtape tour about two years ago, I think. Really? Okay. Yeah, up okay. in Cleveland. Her and a bunch of girlfriends went. She said it was a good good time. I'll bet. And of course, the last lady uh, is actual lady, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's birthday today in 1986. And one reason I want to bring this up, guy, I ha- can't recall the last time I seen someone reinvent themselves. And, and Fisher, please feel free to piggyback off this story with yours, too, if you want. Sure. I can't recall the last time I seen someone reinvent themselves. To such degree as Lady Gaga. She went from this crazy. I mean, this woman wore a dress made of meat. That's right. To an award show. To the Hall Uh, of Fame. You can see it. Yeah. If you hear the people talking about it. It's it's fake meat. It's it's fake. I mean, it was it was foul. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just just ridiculous with the outfit. She was crazy. And then all of a sudden she just turned into this elegant. Yeah. A woman of grace. It's just amazing transformation. She's always had the voice. She's always had the talent. Next, you know, she's thinking with Tony Bennett and yeah. things like that. And it's been marvelous to watch. And she was absolutely incredible last night. Fish? Yeah, absolutely. So, by the way, with Tony Bennett, it, if there's stories about that. Uh, out there. I think it was in 60 Minutes, but... Uh, just a super sweet story. She sang with yeah. Tony Bennett on his last live performance and just guided him through it and that same demeanor. And we'll talk about the other crap at the at the Oscars mm-hmm. here in right. a minute. But you know, one of the best moments, if not the best moments of the Oscars last Bar year. Bar none the best. And yeah, this is at the very end of the <laughs> after all the crap happened with Will Smith and everything mm-hmm. else. Uh Lady Gaga came out on stage with Liza Minnelli. And poor Liza, I haven't seen her in years, but uh, is in a wheelchair. Clearly, is having some type of medical issues. You know, she's a little disoriented, mm-hmm. shaking a little bit, and stuff like that. But she completely put the spotlight correctly on Liza Minnelli. Yes, and honored her. It was like fifty Didn't years. Embarrass her? Was she no, was absolutely you know. not. Held she her lost hand her way a little bit. It was just beautiful to watch. It really was, and she guided her through it. You can hear them kind of talking underneath the camera. She's like, "I got you," and Liza I got says, you. "I know." I love that. Yeah, man, just so super sweet. And then Liza read the Best Picture winner coda, and she had a nice moment there. So, if in, in the last days of Liza's life, I'm sure that's that's a highlight. Obviously, to get out there and to be there with somebody so kind and courteous to walk in and uh-huh. help her through that situation. And a so, person like Liza Minnelli, who has done so much. Yes, uh, I love the respect that she got because sometimes these people don't get that respect. I can't forget an Oscar uh, uh, show way back when the disrespect that was shown to Frank Sinatra uh, at one time, and it, enough that oh, yeah. Billy Crystal had to mention it when he when he came up. They played him off uh, or whatever. Yeah, and it was pretty done terribly. But anyway, oh, that was a great moment, and I didn't even like her music. Till, like, I just kind of judged her by the way she was looking. Till I, I played a song uh, with my band, we do Poker Face. And then I heard, I don't know if you guys have heard the song Applause, but that is like one of the most coolest, catchy songs you will ever hear in your life. Any Lady Gaga Skinner? I don't know much about her. Um, I do know she got her start through YouTube. That's how they found her. Oh, okay. A little tidbit of information, but as far as her music, I know she's got a hell of a voice. I know her demeanor when she first came out was kind of, she did the Marilyn Manson thing with the shock factor, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a now, lot. But, but I, I, I had to study her. The only knock on her is, I don't know if you guys know about the lawsuit that went on. There was another artist who had that persona, who dressed like that. And she mysteriously died. She was friends with Lady Gaga. 
and the mother accused Lady Gaga of totally stealing her act and everything. It's huh. a really big story. Yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. But I, no, I just I sent you guys a song applause. Check it out. Okay. We'll do that. But yeah, no, I've heard a lot. I want to see that movie she's in with uh, Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. House yeah, of the Gucci. Star, a Star is oh, Born. Star is Born. Born. I guess yeah. she's yeah. pretty phenomenal in that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a couple years ago, Best Picture, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it no. was. Great song. Haven't so seen it, I but got, I heard guys. it's good. That's what I got. We know we got a lot to cover with Fish. So, Fish, take it away, my friend. All right. Uh, well, something happened on the Oscars last night. Like I said, it would be on the good moments of Lady Gaga, but uh, we all know what happened. Uh, the slap, like you said earlier, Key, the slap kind of heard around the world. Mm-hmm. So admit that you, literally. Yep, absolutely. So by the time you listen to this, you, know, you, you, you probably most people have already seen it, uh, you know, ten times. It's all over the place on social media. But uh, just in case you for somehow didn't hear or didn't see it, but Chris Rock uh, came out and uh, uh, told a poor joke. He made he basically commented on Jada Pinkett Smith's bald head. Uh, and he compared her to, you know, he's basically saying, he asked if she was going to uh, perform the remake of G.I. Joe or G.I. Jane, excuse me, the, the G.I. Jane right. 2 or something like that, where Demi Moore shaved her head as a military uh, 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 service woman. Um, it, it was Will Smith kind of laughed at first, and it seemed like he got the vibe that his wife did not like the joke. Got up, walked on stage. Chris Rock thought it was kind of a bit, and shockingly smacked him. Uh, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock across the face, uh, which was just smacked like funny you know, right out of him. You imagine pretty shocking. And then uh, Will Smith sat down and they had to bleep it. Keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth a couple times, and it was very tense. And Chris Rock was noticeably thrown off by it. And it certainly kind of derailed the Oscars there for a few a few minutes, to say the least. So, huge event. So, some people are saying it's staged. Some people are saying, you know, they, they have, there's arguments on both sides of the house as far as, you know, even a close friend of ours. Like, well, you talk bad about my wife, you should be hit too. Okay. Other people think eh, that's assault, and yeah, it's not the way to handle something like that. Even though you certainly don't have to like it, so a lot of opinions, a lot of things out there. So, Keith, what do you? What's your initial thoughts about the whole thing? Okay, I've been waiting for this all day. Every time I had a thought, I wrote it down. All right, Skinner. Okay, what, so- what's uh, actually? <laughs> you, you jerk. Go ahead, Keith. O- okay, so listen. <laughs> Let's get the first thing out the way. That thought that ran through everybody's mind when they saw this. This is part of the act. This is stage. That's what I thought at first. So, after watching it very carefully, the first thing I judged that made me think it was fake was it looked like the slap didn't connect. And the more I thought about it, I said, I don't want to make my judgment based on what could possibly be a bad camera angle. I'm going to go off what I do know, and that's human nature. And... When Will Smith sat down and began to say, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth, he could barely get those words out without the emotions boiling over in him. Oh, he was mad. And and I'm going to say this right now. This was fake. They got two more Oscars they need to give out. That's true. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. The other person was Lupita Nyong'o's reaction sitting next to Will Smith. Yes, that's right. Yeah, unbelievable. Yep. Chris Rock. Didn't know what to do. I'll give him credit for not walking off. That's right. He held it together. He fumbled for a minute. And all he could do was make a joke. And I and I totally felt him for a moment. And I'm gonna tell you why I felt him. Because I was in that situation one time. Only twice in my, my life. You guys know I spent <clears throat> 25, 30 years playing drums and heavy metal and rock bands. Um, most of the time I was the only black person in some of the places I was playing. So I was asked often throughout my career, do you ever have any trouble? Two times. Once when I just got started, my young band was out and I think it was Streetsboro somewhere like that playing in a battle of the bands. 
and I used to wear the mask with the goggles, and the goggles would steam up instantly, so I couldn't see anything. I had to know where all my drums and cymbals were uh, by memory because the first three songs, I never took the mask off. And we came out in this battle of bands. We were in the finals with one other band. Busloads, carloads of people came up from Akron. It, when we took the stage, it was just chaos. Everybody from next door where the bar was was coming over to see what was all the noise about. So we went to the first song. It ended screaming. Started the second song. It ended screaming. Started the third song. Then we took a break for the singer to talk to the audience. When we took that break, there was a, a voice in the back of the room. I'll just say the word ninja. We all know what I mean. And he was like, here, ninja, ninja, ninja. Here, ninja, ninja, ninja. My heart fell in my shoes. I couldn't believe this was happening. I didn't know what to do. And just like Chris Rock, the only thing I could say was a joke. I said, your mama's a ninja. And just like the audience at the Oscar, everybody laughed with this uncomfortable laugh, but to try to make me feel better. Anyway, I totally felt that last night when I happened to Chris Rock. Long story short, let you know the entire bar jumped on this guy and beat him up. They had to sneak him out the back. But anyway, the other thing that got to me about this whole thing was I, I feel horrible for the people that Chris, uh, Will Smith let down yesterday. The hypocrisy of what went down was terrible. Fisher, you glossed over it. But to me, that's the biggest point. I've seen so many different camera angles on this event. Dude was cracking up during those jokes. Sure. He was losing it. His wife wasn't digging it, and I'm going to tell you why. She's been on Chris Rock's, or Chris Rock's been on her radar since 2016 when the black actors boycotted the Oscars. And Chris right. Rock was the host. And he read names of different ones that was not showing up. And when he read Jada Pinkett's name, and I'm going to tell you what he was saying in a roundabout way. He was saying, you're not that good of an actress. But what he said was, Jada Pinkett's not coming. He goes, Jada Pinkett? That's like saying... I'm not coming to Rihanna's panties. Neither one of us were invited. So you can't tell me she hasn't been ticked off since then. But sure. keep that in mind for a minute. I'm going to circle back to that. So Will Smith laughed. That made him a hypocrite, in my opinion. When he realized his wife wasn't handling it, then he got pissed off. Now, this is, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, black women are sensitive about their hair. They're very sensitive about their hair. She has a disease called alopecia, which is causing her hair to come out. Mm -hmm. She told the world in her own personal video, and she kind of made a joke and laughed herself about it. These people have been the king and queen of Hollywood for over 20 years now. Comedians are known, especially Chris Rock, for going overboard. I'm not saying that was a lame joke. I'm not saying he shouldn't have said it because I think he shouldn't have. But, dude, it's a co comedy, man. It's comedy, okay? Just because your wife is ticked off by some other crap you said, it's comedy. If she had cancer, I could see that. If she lost a child, I could see that. But he made fun of the fact that she looked like a character from a movie. That's all he was saying. He wasn't making fun of her disease or anything like that. Now, he goes up, and boom, he assaults the man. He goes and sits back down, and he says, keep your wife's name out of my effing mouth. If he would have just stopped and said that and not go up on stage, that would have been inappropriate, but at least I could understand. Okay, dude's defending his wife because she's not having this. But still, come on, man. He assaulted him. The other thing that ticks me off was the fact that and I'm just saying this as a black person. I said this today, and somebody tried to cut me off. Go, oh, race had nothing to do with it. I said, listen, why don't you shut up? Because you don't know, have a clue what you're talking about from my point of view. As a black man, the strides that we have made to break out of stereotypes. And, you know, there's levels of celebrityism. There's your comedians. There's your athletes. There's your TV stars. And your movie stars are supposed to be at the top of the tree. This is the black tie affair tuxedos a bit you know they don't dress like that at the at the emmys they don't dress like that at the at the grammys you know what i'm saying and on the biggest stage which i said slap hurt around the world because it is because of all the foreign directors all the foreign movies this show was showed all over the world yep. he went up and assaulted a man like really did you just do that because you're mad
I thought there was pity. And these people talking about, oh, he defended his wife. What do you mean defended his wife? He didn't get in his wife's face. He didn't hit his wife. He made a joke from 30 feet on stage. How was he defending his wife? And if you didn't like what he said in 2016, you had seven years to go up to him and say, hey, dude, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. So I thought it was lame on his part. I don't know how anybody can defend him. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. But I thought it was full of crap. Um, there was uh, the hypocrisy of his acceptance speech really killed me. You stood up there and started crying, saying God has made you a vessel of love after you just slapped the man's chicklets out of his mouth. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, and then you said you've learned that you've got to take abuse from people. You didn't take it very good a minute ago. So I thought that was like, gosh, are you freaking kidding me? And then to apologize to the Academy and everybody else except Chris Rock. Now, I know you said he apologized to him today, but he didn't last night. I thought that was hypocritical. So a lot of things really bothered me about that. I have no room to defend this man. I think he should be uh, charged with assault. I think he should have his Oscar stripped as well because the Oscars come with a code of conduct. I don't know if people know that. It has a very strict code of conduct that goes along with those awards, and I think he should be stripped of it. So that that's my take on, on the whole thing. They are looking into it, they say, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, Skinner, what do you think? Pretty powerful stuff you said there, Mr. Porter. Um, I Thank agree you. with a lot of what you said. I know you and I talked a lot this morning about yes, this. Yes, we did. Because I had a real long conversation uh, via text because Miss mm-hmm. uh, Marcy was working. And I showed you excerpts of it. And uh-huh. um, she came across as a very soft, um, caring wife type person, which is not typically Marcy in a, in a normal sense. Can I, can I set you up here, Skinner? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, Marcy is, is Skinner's better half, his wife for all intents and purposes. Um, yes. I, don't, I don't know too many people on this earth that I have more respect for than, than Miss Marcy. And Skinner was kind of taken aback today because obviously he lives with her, talks with her daily because her response to this wasn't what he expected. And I just want to put that in motion because he was all shocked telling me, and I'm like, dude, I, I w- I'm not shocked. I don't know how she would have felt about this. I, I had to make right. him realize I don't live with her every day. Then a the light kind of came on. He was like, okay, yeah, you're right. But it hit him that hard this morning that he texted me like 9 o'clock this morning. So go ahead with that, buddy. Yeah, what's, I mean, she came across that he's defending her honor. Now, she also goes to say that two wrongs don't make a right. The joke was in bad taste. It was a good joke at the wrong time. It's a... Thank you for that, putting it that way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good joke. It yeah. should have been done somewhere not on public television, certainly not around the world. Everybody's eyes are on it. Or I think it should have been done if she had shaved her head on purpose for, for a role, then the joke would have been funny. Right. Or, yeah, if she did it for a cause, something to that effect. Right, because exactly. It's, it's a health condition. It was in poor taste. So I'll, I'll knock Chris Rock on that one. But come on, Will Smith, you cannot go up on stage and assault a man for any reason. Not on television, not on where every eyes across the world and across the globe, especially if this happened, from my understanding, this happened right after his speech or right before his speech. No, before his speech, yeah. So you assaulted a man, then you come out and talk all this stuff that you did on your speech, your acceptance speech. In tears. In tears. I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm a huge Will Smith fan for his music. Me too. For his acting. For what he's done in Hollywood up until last night. The man is royalty and he's earned that. Mm-hmm. There's not many things that Will Smith has done that I haven't liked. Okay, Skinner. And let's talk about why he's earned that. Because he's done it all with class. Yes, exactly. He had two of the biggest rap albums in history and never said a curse word. That's correct. And, and, and that was during the, the height of gangster rap. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Him earned, and Jazzy that's when Jeff. he earned my respect, yeah. Huh? He, hell, he got a damn comedy show on TV based off his rap. Mm-hmm. Against, you know, yeah, based sure on his, his persona. So, man, I hate to feel this way about the way I do about Will Smith today that I didn't feel 48 hours ago, but 
man, two wrongs don't make a right. I, I don't condone Chris Rock for the joke. It shouldn't have been said. But, man, Will Smith, bad look. And I, I'd be curious to see what happens here. Yeah, going. bad look. We And we don't want the man to be, you know, crucified. Okay? No, I you don't want him mistake, to be chastised. Certainly, it, he made a mistake. We, we, we People just can't gloss this over. Like, oh, he, I don't know. I, I, no. I have the utmost respect for Marcy. And I'm not just saying that because right, right. she's your better half. As a matter of fact, if anything, I hold that against her. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I no, just I got don't see how anybody can defend him. Fish? Yeah, I I don't condone the act at all. I mean, it, I, I, any one of us here would be pissed off if anybody was making fun of any person that we loved, especially a, a, a woman in our lives that we love very much, whether whoever that might be, your your mother or a significant other. A person? What about me? If we didn't sure, do the show over the internet, I would have assaulted you two a long time ago. Yeah, that's why we keep yeah, it separate. As early as earlier today. That's one reason we keep it separate. <laughs> no, but to, you know, violence is not the answer. You, you could defend your wife, like you say. There's there's other ways to do it. You could You could, you could say something. You could walk off the set, there's different things you could do to show that I don't care for this or whatever it is. Yeah, I talked to Allie about this tonight, and she had a very interesting opinion on the whole thing. And her take was, some of this too is, again, you never can condone assault, but she said the same token, the Oscars needs to figure out, you know, what it wants to be. She's like, yeah, they have this event. It's supposed to be a classy event. But yet they keep trying to turn it into a television show to make it entertaining. They bring in all these comedians lately. And even at the beginning of the show, and I kind of liked it. I was laughing at some of this stuff, too. But you got to go back and think about how this whole thing went. Amy Schumer came out, and those three ladies came out. And they were really making fun of some of the movies that were there. They were making fun of some of the people. You had, sure. you had a very off-color Leonardo DiCaprio joke about him dating young girls. It's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff there, and you didn't hear anything from, you know. The, they you know, always those. push that envelope. They sure do. And they right? know Chris Rock. Chris Rock, just a few years ago, uh, the Kardashians were in, in the audience. And he said, oh, I see the Kardashians are out there. And he goes, uh, any Kardashian fans out there? He goes, watching the Kardashians uh, is like heroin in Hollywood. Nobody wants to admit it, but somebody's doing it. <laughs> like, so, see, wow. But it's that, it's that type of stuff. She's like, yeah. you, she's sort of like, put yourself in Will Smith's situation, basically. The guy probably all day long, is his tension is off the roof already. He's waiting to go. He's waiting. He's up for this award. He's super tense. Everybody's in his face all day long. Cameras, microphones, everything, everything, everything. And you're already at a super tense level and you don't know what's going to happen. And then the guy throws a joke like that out there who the Academy invited in part, because he's going to throw off color jokes. Again, not to say justifies him slapping right. anybody. All I'm saying is they keep pushing. Like you said, they keep pushing the envelope, trying to make this event a weird thing and, uh, and all these off color okay, jokes. Right. Listen, so I, I, I like to point about uh, what she said about how the, they're trying to turn it into, into something. And, and again, Allie, um, Allie, like Marcy, uh, you know, uh, to the folks listening out there, uh, Fish and Skinner will be the first ones to tell you they lucked out. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so much respect for both of these ladies. Um, but I, I don't buy that last part uh, that Allie said because we're not talking about somebody who's new here. We're talking about Will Smith. That's true, too. You know what I'm saying? This ain't your first rodeo. This ain't your first award. You know, this isn't your first. I mean, what is pressure to Will Smith? Not to mention, and here's another thing I didn't bring up. You want to get sensitive about somebody talking about your wife? Name me one other couple who has their personal business and sex life out in public more than them, besides the Kardashians. Sure. They got the whole Good thing point. about their their their, their cross dressing kids. They got they were talking. Jada was just on the on the show talking about the affair she had. They talk yep. about it publicly. You know what I'm saying? You don't mind people talking about you when it's getting you ratings or whatever because you are a little bit sensitive. And like I said, that look, man, I know that look Jada was giving him. 
I've seen that look on a black woman before. That woman was mad about the other stuff Chris Rock said about her. You know what I mean? So I I can't buy that, man. Pressure? What pressure? Yeah, this guy's been the king of Hollywood for years. He's ruled the, the rap world. He's ruled the TV world. He's ruled the movie world. Before The Rock, he was the biggest number one draw when it came to action movies, you know? So it's just hard for me to buy that. So what do you think happens? Does, does nothing happen? Does it blow over? Does something happen to where you can't go to the ceremony next year? You know, what do you think is going to happen out of all this? Or, again, nothing. Uh, with cancel culture today, something's going to happen. I just don't know how severe. Right. You know. I, it's hard to tell. Um, on one hand, like Skinner said, we got cancel culture. But then on the other hand, like I was just mentioning, this guy does carry a lot of weight mm-hmm. um, in Hollywood. Um, so it's hard to tell. Um, and there are people who are, there are a lot of people who are getting, who are tired of comedians pushing the envelope. Uh-huh. Then they're, uh-huh. that's why they take Will Smith's side not so much about for Will they're just sick of comedians you know what I'm saying um, they're all competing to be number one and they're pushing and pushing and pushing you know uh, you know, we're all talking on the group chat today and I think it was Coach Cooper made a point somebody said if that had been uh, Tupac or somebody he wouldn't have gone up there and hit him <laughs> you know if Suge Knight said something about your wife you wouldn't have walked up there and done that I mean, Chris Rock, really? 120 pounds, Chris Rock? Yeah, I th- looks, th- bad. Th- looks bad. I think he apologized. I think there'll be a thing. I think it'll probably blow over. But I do think, and I'm curious to see if they do something different in next year's ceremony. If you don't see the, the comedians out there pushing the envelope like that as much, just just to try to set a different yeah, tone. Good point, Fisher. I think that you know, will be yeah. a change, if any. Yeah, I think that'll be a change. Um, or listen, get back to the classy comedians. Exactly. We had Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, yep. uh, Robin Williams. Now we got Amy Schumer and Chris Rock. That's part of your problem right there. Yep. You That's you right. know who these people are before you hired them. Yeah, you know so. You know, those guys used to do humor and have everybody cracking up in a classy way. You know what I'm saying? And didn't That's harm right. anybody. Yep. That's right. All right. So I guess we will see what happens. So we already talked about beyond that, uh, the very nice moment with Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli. There were also other nice moments. Uh, you had the uh, the deaf actor uh, win Best Supporting Actor, Troy Kotzer from Coda, mm-hmm. uh, and he got up there and signed his, uh, you know, acceptance speech and all that. And he said some very nice things about the director and his father and family and all that. So that was that was definitely a nice moment. You had yeah. Coda. Uh, Coda actually won best movie too. Yes, they it won did. the big one, and they were signing. And when they won, I was like, "What?" Because I I didn't think anything was going to beat King Richard for best movie. But <laughs> deaf people, you're not going to beat that. Yeah, no. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that could have beat that is a one-legged dog that found his way home from Black Oak, Arizona, or Arkansas, or something. But a, right. a bunch of deaf people, you're not going to beat that. So uh, it was an incredible movie of the human spirit, and uh, congratulations to them. Yeah, absolutely. Had a third woman director ever uh, win the award? I think she oh, won okay. it twice. Yeah, and that's it. It was just, it's like I said, just kind of a shame, kind of a black mark on the whole thing. But uh, beyond that, it was a, it, I thought it was an overall entertaining Oscars up to that point with the performances and the tributes and the nice moments and all that. So it's just a real, a real shame. Uh, so that's kind of it. Any last moments on the Oscars before we wrap up that topic here, guys? No. <laughs> I, got, I think we pretty hit everything. <laughs> All right. Um, Dwell on the okay. good moments. There were some great moments. Dwell on those. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly correct. Oh, Just like did, the, did you guys see the the slip? Serena Williams. I did not see the slip. What slip? Oh, my goodness. Janet Jackson ain't got nothing on her. 
Oh, I mean, yeah. They, they were really put, had the cleavage out both of the Williams. Sisters. Oh, yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Serena's popped open. I'm like, seriously? We don't, I don't understand why women want to show that much cleavage out. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And then you <laughs> stare at them like, what are you looking at? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was God, uh, like an old man. <laughs> yep. That was a get yeah. off my lawn moment if I've ever heard Tell one. me about it. Cover up. <laughs> uh, all right. Looking at this week in uh, pop culture history, some significant things the week of uh, March 28th through the beginning of April. Uh, of course, we went around for this, but back in 1881, uh, the circus debuted. So the P.T. Barnum, the Barnum and Bailey Circus, uh, began, and its final performance was May 21st in 2017, performing its final show in Uniondale, New York. We know, you know, throughout the years, uh, the the training of the you know, the animal. Treatment and all that become you know, more and more scrutinized, and they wound up not being able to have the elephants. And I think the big cats came soon after that, and that was just kind of that was just kind of it. So I know back in my time, I grew up going to the circus a few times. I mean, as a kid, it was is certainly quite the spectacle. Um, I don't know. Were you a circus kid? Is that something that you enjoyed growing up, or was it never quite your thing? And do you miss? not be able to go to a circus like that anymore. Now, Skinner, what do you think? Huge circus fan. As a kid, uh, my older three kids, I took them every year to Barnum Bailey when they were up at the, well, it was a Gondorina at that time. You were, you were born in one, right? Yeah, right. Was- <laughs> Some would think that my yeah circus life that I live. But uh, no, I took the kids every year, and it was the highlight of, all the things that I did with them, they absolutely loved it. Uh, Chelsea, my middle child, she was fascinated with elephants from day one. And that was, other than going to the Cleveland Zoo, I was able to take her to the circus and watch them perform. And she was just mesmerized, absolutely mesmerized at the elephants. So kind of sad that PETA uh, came in and did that what they did and stopped something that's been going on for but what my math is right, 117, 118 years, uh, maybe even longer than that, maybe 120 some years. But uh, yeah, I wish they would come back. I really do. Keith, uh, mixed thoughts about the circus. Um, my biggest memory about the circus is third grade, remembering the kids that got called up to get their coats in the middle of class and the teacher announcing that they're going, their parents were taking them to the circus. It used to really break my heart. I have never been to the circus in my life Mm. uh, as a child. Um, Listening to Skinner talk about Chelsea with the elephant. Uh, My son was on the elephant kick when he was little. You guys all know Steel. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just loved elephants. I had to draw him so many elephants. Daddy, draw elephant. Draw baby elephant. Now draw the mom elephant. Just one (laughs) elephant. And uh, one year we got him elephant ears for, uh, his mom bought him elephant ears for Halloween. And the kid stood in the mirror for hours with his ears on crying because he was an elephant. (laughs) So um, I made sure that I took him. It was a small circus, but I took him uh, to ride on an elephant when he was a kid. I didn't want him to not have any of those memories like I had, like I was deprived of. Um, that being said, um, the whole PETA thing, I kind of get it. I do feel sorry for some of these animals that, you know, are captured for entertainment purposes, taken out of their natural uh, environment, their natural ecosystem. But I do kind of get that a little bit. So just kind of sucks both ways. Yeah, it was certainly the spectacle while it lasted. I'm with you. If they have to mistreat the animals to do it, then that's that's a tough thing. But as a kid, like I said, I definitely enjoyed it. It was very cool. I took Peyton to see the circus a time or two. Uh, was, yeah, again, very very cool, and to see the the you know the the big cat tamers. That to me, that was that was something else to see those folks in those cages with those tigers that could just you yeah. know 
kill him at a, at a second if it felt like it. it was just you know what I wanted pretty to amazing see? stuff trapeze yep. artist that's what I wanted yeah Unbelievable. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah the athleticism of those folks is was uh, definitely pretty amazing so I don't think we're going to see it again I think it's over I think it's it I think yeah. it, it, maybe you do some variation of it with the performers and stuff like that but you know these days with obviously all the reality shows and this and that and the other it's just probably a lost and of a course, Cirque, Cirque du Soleil come out with a human circus. They're yeah, phenomenal right. act. Yes. Phenomenal act. Absolutely. Okay. In March 29th, back in 1983, uh, a very uh, famous a toy in our generation was patented for the first time. The Rubik's Cube received its official U.S. patent in 1983. Erno Rubik. I had no idea it was actually the guy's name. That created the Q. And there's oh, Heath has one on camera right now. Absolutely. So he was a Hungarian sculptor and a professor of architecture. He invented a logical toy way back in 1974. And it was widely believed he created it to help his students understand 3D objects. Uh, but apparently his actual purpose for doing so was to solve a structural problem of moving parts separately without causing the whole cube to fall apart. So he obtained a Hungarian patent for this magic cube in 75 with the first uh, batches produced and released in Hungarian toy shops two years later. In 79, he made a deal with Ideal Toys, who changed the name to Rubik's Cube, which debuted at the New York City Toy Fair in 1980. However, it wasn't until this day in 83, on March 29th, that he received the official U.S. patent. So as a kid... In the 80s, you probably had a Rubik's Cube, and it is still very prominent today, and they've come out with all these variations of it. I have like a Homer yes. Simpson Rubik's Cube, for example, in a 3D. If you could almost think about it, there's probably a Rubik's Cube for it, but the, the classic toy. And to see some of these people who are experts at it, they could just flip it and solve it mm. so quickly. I don't know. I was never able to solve the official Ruby's Cube without either peeling off the labels or breaking it apart and re-putting it back together. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I've had but this I, one five years, and I still haven't yeah. gotten it. Yeah. I have a 12-year-old drum student, does it in three minutes, <laughs> and he keeps it's, trying yeah. to teach me. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, you either see it or you don't. You know what I mean? And I'm determined yeah. that I'm going to learn it. I'm going to come on the show one day and do it. But uh, this was a craze like no other. Uh, I remember, Lord forgive me, sitting in church with a Rubik's Cube, <laughs> twisting it. Uh, sure. Then they came out with the Rubik's Cube keychain. Oh, yes. that really oh, got everybody yeah. in trouble. You know, everybody yep. at work and wherever trying to figure it out. Uh, yep. I thought I was somebody when I could get one color on one side. And that's about as close as I've gotten. Skitter? Yeah, that was uh, one of those toys that everybody had, at least one. If not multiple, especially mm-hmm. when they come out with the variations. But uh, no, back in the day, I was able to, couldn't do it in 30 seconds or a minute or even five minutes, but I was able to solve those things when we were teenagers. But if I was to do it today, not sure I could. But uh, trivia. Yeah, the- what show did they feature the kids doing it in like 30 seconds or less? There was two shows. Please believe it or not, wasn't it? Nope. Mm. real people and that's oh, incredible God. remember that's incredible okay. i used to watch those yeah <laughs> yeah good oh, shows God, okay yes. huh. yeah how about that man yeah i, I was sitting around one, i had the, i had the homer simpson one like i said i still have that one i was sitting there playing with it click 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 and the next thing i knew i solved it so i did solve the homer simpson ruby's cube but that was that's the closest i got I never did solve the classic so <laughs> but great toy a great yeah. thinking toy, great and, toy. and you great. think about some of the mindless toys that existed even in our era and since, but that toy at least did make you think and use your brain. So in that I'd respect, rather my very, very good. Sit, sit with this for an hour than on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Okay. March the 30th at 1981. Uh, I mean, we were youngins back then in uh, grade mm. school age. 
But I remember when this happened because it was one of those wheel the TV into the classroom moments. We had a couple of those in our time where they brought the TV in on the stand. But uh, 81, President Ronald Reagan is shot on March the 30th. So uh, obviously we know what happened. He was was lucky to uh, survive. Close. Um, But uh, he did did make it. Um, I think the guy... Was, isn't he being released on parole? I think the. I'm not sure. I think so. But anyway, um, John Hickley Jr. Yeah, shout out to the Washington D.C. hotel. Um, and he's again, he's been in, he's been in jail for some time. Like I said, I have to, I have to look that up. I think he's being released actually after yeah, all I these years. So. But uh, other victims included uh, Secret Service agent Tim- Timothy McCarthy, and they've made the McCarthy law that you know the uh, the Handgun loss. No, that's a James no, Brady. No, not Excuse McCarthy. Me. Yeah, it's a Brady, Brady law. James Brady. I said it wrong. Yes. James Brady. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but he was 70 years old at the time, President Reagan. He wasn't even aware he'd been shot at first. He thought he was, even though he was suffering from collapsed lung, he walked into the hospital under his own power. Yes, he did. And told his wife just before surgery, honey, I forgot to duck. He still had his famous humor for President Reagan. So, Honey, I forgot uh, to duck. Yeah. So it. In our time, that was uh, that was that was obviously a big moment that the the president was nearly assassinated uh, right there on on television. So, All right. I, I I remember the moment as a kid. It was just like wow, that was, I, could, I knew it was a big deal. Uh, but uh, do you guys remember that moment? I will never forget that moment, um, particularly because it was a very shameful moment at my elementary school. It, it's, it's been an amazing ride gr- growing up black in America. Um, it's almost a community unto itself, like the information wire. And it's terrible how so much misinformation affect our lives. When Ronald Reagan was uh, uh, made it to president, there was panic within the black community because Ronald has six letters. His middle name is Wilson. It has six letters and Reagan has six letters and he was called the mark of the beast, the antichrist and all this other stuff. It was a very shameful moment in my elementary school. When he was shot, there were kids running up and down the hallway cheering and celebrating that he got shot. I'll never forget. My teacher was almost in tears and in shock at the behavior. I just said they're like, you gotta be freaking kidding me, right? I but this is the information that gets to people and and, and it trickles down to your children. So I, I blame the parents. Um but it was a very, very terrible, very, very terrible time. Um a total lack of understanding of politics, of religion, of scripture. And of just morality, I thought. So I'll never forget that when that happened. That's that's my memory of that. Shameful to say. Wow, Skinner. Yeah, I. You know, some say some can argue that that's the last time we had a good, decent president in office. Some say that. Some, you know, everybody has their own opinions. Um, I remember I was, you know, if this was 1981, I was going on 10 years old. And I remember the TV, black and white TV, rolling into the classroom uh, and watching the, I remember flashes of cameras going off and then you hear the shot and then you hear, you know, you see the panic and yeah, it's like it, like it happened yesterday. It's, that's one of those defining, I don't say defining moments, but one of those moments in history, just like the Challenger, uh, you know, blowing mm-hmm. up. Right. That, those two things happened while I was in school, and those things are ingrained in memory, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. take that to my grave. Um, and don't forget, Hinckley did that to impress Jodie Foster. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. So, you know, shameful, like you said, that the misinformation, the kids are cheering uh, for somebody getting shot. I mean, that's yeah. just... <laughs> I apologize. Um, no problem. I, I, you know, I know how I felt and my how my family felt when that happened. Can only imagine how you felt and you know your loved ones uh, having to get the misinformation that that was given um, because 
that shouldn't have happened. And just shouldn't a happen. lack, lack of respect period for a president. Uh, we know that has grown to massive proportions now, uh, right. especially with, with Obama and Trump uh, and, and, of course, uh, Biden. But back then, that was terrible. Uh, I, I know we're not doing politics right here, but I want to say something you said uh, about something the last time we had a good president. Um, just interesting side note with that. Uh, I, I personally don't see what was so great about him. Um, but um, there was a lot of good things that happened under the Clinton administration. And a lot of people point that out. Somebody made a point. It's just food for thought. They said, you know, when Reagan was in office, his whole theory was trickle-down economics. And he said it would take 20 years for it to work. And 20 years later, you had Clinton. So maybe it was Reagan. Just something to think about. Hmm. The, if there's one good thing that came out of that whole thing was the incredible parody on Saturday Night Live, Buckwheat has been shot with the great Eddie Murphy and <laughs> Joe Piscopo. Yes. Yeah. And it's just completely making fun of the media, not the fact that the president was shot, but just the over-the-top news coverage media at the time. It was crazy. And they had Alfalfa being interviewed and yes, everything else. That, so that was awesome. Go back and watch it on YouTube if you haven't seen that at all or lately. Buckwheat has been most- shot underrated pairings in comedy piscopo and murphy were amazing together man <laughs> they really were oh the, my god the, remember the, the stevie wonder and uh frank sinatra paul, paul mccartney so, but he, ivory that but joe piscopo did uh he did frank sinatra, sinatra but he did uh yeah. they did the ebony that's right he did sinatra ebony ivory and yeah, just phenomenal man those two were yeah. great together yeah that, you're right about that okay last topic not a very so is uh, it not as bad as uh, President uh, Reagan getting shot, but some think it was fairly close. Back in 1997, March the 31st, the debut of the Teletubbies happened. <laughs> uh, so, if you had little kids back then, you probably knew of the Teletubbies. Peyton missed that; uh, she wasn't around at the time yet so she wasn't born until 2000 but uh just one of the weirdest oddest children's shows probably of all time but yet they were an incredible hit um debuted let's see here for the first time in 97 is a british preschool tv series Mm -hmm. that made its way over over to the u.s so uh Mm. never got it thought it was strange Skinner, Teletubbies, any thoughts at all? Was there, Did you have any young kids at the time around the house that watched them or what? Oh, yeah, that was Brianna and Chelsea's uh, preschool time. Chelsea was two. Brianna was three. Chelsea was fascinated with Teletubbies. She had, we had to buy the outfits for her and the shoes that had the Teletubbies on the shoes. I mean, she was the epitome of a fanatic. And uh, so that was always on the television uh, when at home during the day, <laughs> Teletubbies was on, and that was uh, Chelsea's favorite. So odd. Didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. But you know, for a two-year-old mind, it was fascinating. Yeah, my uh, Keith, my son. Go I, I never got into them. I found them disturbing. Um, the only memory I really have of them was the controversy of Winky. <laughs> Winky, That's right. uh, um, Tinky Winky, Jerry Falwell. It was, yeah, it was said that that was the uh, the covert homosexual symbol because they all had the symbols on top of their head, That's and right. uh, he was accused of having that symbol. Um, so I remember all that stuff about him, but I, I just found him utterly disturbing and never bought one or got into that. All right, we have. Uh, now come to I couldn't think of any creative segue there whatsoever. Is that really how from, we're going to end on Teletubbies? Go, Are you serious? Go from, tele, <laughs> go from Teletubbies <laughs> to Gosh. I know it's just yeah. Final you know, four I, matchups. I, okay, here's one. Here's final one. four matchups. Oh, yeah, you get the final four matchups. You you got one tonight, ladies. Okay, double overtime. Go ahead, please. Okay, that's all right. Uh. How about this? So March the 30th, Jeopardy aired for the first time back in 1964. 
iconic show. That's so, crazy. Yeah. The only game show that matters to me. Yeah, Alex Trebek, rest in peace, man. He put that show into orbit. Yes. Uh, when he my, took over. To this day, my family just yells at me, why don't you go in there and win us some money? Because I'll just sit there and answer question after <laughs> question. And then there's days when I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Like, really? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just seriously? that show that the structure works. They don't mess with it. They've added a couple little you know feature things with video clips mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But for the most part, they have stuck with the format. They haven't screwed around with it. They haven't really changed even the money that they that they no. award all this time. All the only thing they changed over the years is that you could you're on there as long as you until you lose. That's that's it, been the it, interesting and it takes dynamic. A certain kind of person to know all that stuff, and yeah. it's like a it's like their 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 kind of world. You know, when you interview these people, they're like the corniest people I've ever heard. You know, and I, I really love that and get a kick out of that. There was one guy on there who said that he was the king of uh what did he say? Not pop culture, of uh low culture. You know, he knows WWE and beer and whatever, but he was brilliant. He answered a lot of questions and won a few games. But uh it is certainly a world for the insanely academia, know everything type of person to 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 show off. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. How about that? That's a better ending, a little bit better, better story than the than the than the Teletubbies. How about opposite that? of so, the Springer Show? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Total opposite. All right. So, Skinner, you want to remind the folks? Yep. Uh, take us out, please, sir. Yeah. Where they can get a massage. Yeah. So uh, once again, right. we appreciate another uh, week of uh, your viewership and listenership. For Brian Fisher, Keith Porter, I'm Michael Skinner. We wish you luck in this next week. Uh, Go Duke Blue Devils. Yes. um, Have a great week, folks. Thank you, Miss Marcy, for your contributions. Take to Junior, our producer, Mike Skinner Jr., we love you. And Christophus Dominic had a great conversation with him the other day. We love you, brother. Don't forget Allie with her contribution as well. Yes. Absolutely. Stay strong, Gen X.